Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. And welcome to the Get Geek Podcast. My name is Gabe, and it's been a while, but I am joined by Walt, Jose, Eli, and AJ. Say what's up. What's down? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, kids? It has definitely been uh, quite a while since we've all gathered uh, around, I guess. Um, but we absolutely had to. We finally found some time to get together, not just here on the podcast. We got together for the first time, I think, since before, right? It's since... been about a month. It's been about Well, no, no, no. So it's, uh, to see a film... Oh, then review. Yeah. yeah. The last time in a while. The last time we got together, all of us was to go to Brooklyn Video Games and Arcade. That was the very yes. last time. And that was like last year. Right. That was like the first time that we were like seeing the light out of the shutdown. <laughs> but then the last time that we did a movie review, um, after watching it together was before the whole shutdown pandemic and all that stuff. Before yep. the blip. Yep. Right? Before the yeah. snap. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're talking about uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, we all hooked up yesterday. We got a chance to see it. Uh, it was an awesome experience for the fact that we got to all hang out. I think that we can all kind of agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe thoughts on the film? We'll get to that. We also got a few other things that we're going to talk about. Namely, the boys are going to talk about The Boys Season 3. So we got a cool show coming up for you guys. Um, that being said, I have not started season three at all. It's so it's so. This is your spoiler warning, and you guys can go ahead and maybe do what I'm about to do, which I'm going to skip this little portion and come back when I get the uh, uh, hailing sign to come back into the podcast through video, so that I do not get spoiled because I really, really, really want to see. I'm a huge fan of the boys. But I have not checked it out, um, and from and you know, you guys that watch the boys know that uh, it's uh, it's quite shocking. So I don't want to be spoiled on any of the shock and awes. How does that sound? Sounds good to us. Cool. Yep. Good. All right. Well, I am now putting down the headset, and I'm going to unplug it to make sure, or maybe mute it. I don't know. I want to make sure I don't hear anything. But I am standing by. Peace. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Wolfie is standing by. Before we get to the boys, y'all know the quick, uh, our quick plugs. Uh, please like, rate, share, and subscribe to the Get Geek Podcast. You can find us on all your favorite social media platforms: your Facebooks, your Twitters, your TikToks. Um, so, please check us out there uh, at Get Geek Podcast. Um, you can also find us where all of your favorite podcasts are sold. Um, So please go on there. Give us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That is the best place to give a review to your favorite podcast crew if you want to support us and show us some love. So please, please go on ahead and do that for us. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Let me sip my tea real quick. Kermit style. My coffee, actually. Everybody get ready. Everybody get ready. Ready. Season three. I'm ready. You ready. All right. All right. Yep. Eli's ready. 
Eli sounds ready. All right, Eli. So so I'm gonna let you jump us off a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, um, uh, with some simple opinions. You ain't gotta give us uh, anything crazy, but uh, how did you how'd you like the season, season three of the boys, uh, in a small nutshell? What'd you think? Um my opinion is that it's overall just great, really bloody and gory, as you would expect from any any um the boys season but mm-hmm. i really like how they like dig into like not just the politics but like mm-hmm. more of uh what's the name homelander's character mm-hmm. and you could really see that they they put a lot of effort and work into into make fully developing his character into the antagonist that he is by the end by the end of the season so it's pretty sick the more the even more dangerous yeah, even antagonist, more dangerous. right because he's been yeah. like the antagonist and he's slowly getting more and more unhinged i want to talk about unhinged. it later because i actually kind of love where they left him off at the end of this season it wouldn't have worked without the, the incredible setup that they did over the last couple of years but mm-hmm. i'm gonna do like i said i'm gonna go around real quick get everybody's quick opinions on uh season three who wants to jump in and give a little quick thought on what they how they felt about this particular Mine season. is going to be so quick, it's only going to be two words. Yeah, yeah. And those two words are soldier and boy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're going to get into that soldier boy a lot more later because Jen- Jensen Ackles is, uh, you know, one of one of the our favorites here. Uh, we got a big Supernatural fan in the crew. And Jensen Ackles, of course, was on that show for many, 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 many years. Now he's getting to branch out. And... um yeah, I will agree. He was a fun part of the show so far. Uh, Walt, what about you? Um, I'm kind of torn. I I loved the show. I loved the season. Mm-hmm. I loved what it was. Mm-hmm. I, I I have maybe a, a little bit of a hot take, and I'm not married to it all that much. Mm-hmm. But um, I, <sighs> it's hard for me to say this because I love the season so much, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the season was kind of necessary in a sense if you look at it narratively wise mm-hmm. because we start at a point where homelander was the bad guy mm-hmm. a lot of things happened in between and we ended up at the point where homelander's still the bad guy ah. nothing's really changed i mean you know soldier boy was a fantastic character but did he accomplish anything i think it just he just went from being frozen to being unfrozen, to being frozen again. So you know, I'm I'm torn, and and I'm leaning more toward I I love the season because of what it was, but then there's that small part of me, and I I guess the reason why I feel that way is because of Obi Wan, because Obi Wan felt like another series where it's like, what's the point of that show, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the only thing I have with, and and again, don't get me wrong. I love that season. There's just that little nagging thing in the back of my head. Is like, well, how did this particular season move the narrative forward? And while we got a little bit more insight of what Homelander was, we've kind of known what Homelander has been since season one. Right. So, you know, what did this season actually accomplish? Except for giving giving us some great, <laughs> great things right but that that's my feel on it so good set pieces um yeah. random small aside did you did y'all hear that there was a there's somebody who took this the entire season of obi-wan 
and turned it into a two and a half hour movie. Somebody, yes, I, I did see that. Edited right. it down. They turned it into a two and a half hour movie, and they removed a lot of the stuff that they considered extraneous mm-hmm. to the season. So they removed like three and a half hours almost of of the actual show and turned it into a movie. Might be worth checking out. I'll yeah, send you all the link if you want to take a look at it. Um, but so yeah, um, so my thoughts on this series are, you know, I really really enjoyed it. Um, I think personally, like the boys trying to be shocking is a little boring. Honestly, though, because I don't see it as much more shocking than a lot of other shows that we've seen in the past with its whatever violence and sexual content and things of that nature. Um, I'm not I'm not a fan of the show, like striving to like continue to, to like get over those barriers necessarily. Yeah, it's cheap, it's cheap yeah. thrills. It's cheap thrills. But the, the story of the show I thought was great. And I have to like a little bit disagree because what I wanted to say about Homelander's character is. This season was definitely a little bit about his arc continuing, right? Like his, his him getting slowly more and more and more and more unhinged. But right. I thought the point of the season was less about him and more about the public. Because when you watch how the season ends, um, it's about getting the public to a place where they're like, for lack of a better term, Trumpsters, where like... Yeah. Everything is every part of reality is contextually how they perceive it. Like the reason behind how what people do certain things is dictated by their reality because at the end, and this is spoilers, 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 obviously, Homelander finally does what we've seen him think about over the last several seasons, and he just straight up kills somebody that pisses him off. Like that that one that one person at the end, um, what is it, he mm-hmm. throws something at at Ryan? What's the kid's name again? Yes, Ryan, yeah, right? Ryan. Yep, that's just mm-hmm. He throws something at Ryan, right? And then Homelander just straight up murders the guy. He just shoots him with the beams and blows his head off. And I think that was um that was the the stepfather of of MM's uh daughter, right? That was the first one, the one to start cheering. First, yep, yeah, right? yeah, definitely. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't this, doesn't that this remind was to get you there, that? right? I think that was what the point of this season was, was to get the the to get the public to the point where they were as dangerous as Homelander. Or as Soldier Boy, or as Vought in general. What was, what was well, you it, it, it is interesting that you brought up that particular scene and stuff mm-hmm. because um, the show creator Eric Kripke has has said very publicly this season mm-hmm. that Homelander is is basically Trump, right? Yeah. And and it's funny that you picked that that particular scene because. We have heard Trump mention that he can go into the middle of Times Square and shoot somebody and nobody would care. He said like Fifth Avenue or something. I could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, right? Yeah, and nobody would care. And here you see the actual visualization of that act happening and nobody caring. Or making that leap, that logical leap to say like somehow this thing that Homelander just did was justified that guy was a liberal like right whatever so i i agree with you i agree with you in the fact that you know um we had to see the trumpsters or the homelander stirs however you want to say right the homies the homies right (laughs) yeah the homies Um, the homies get to that place uh you know where it's like QAnon and and trump and all this other stuff and Mm -hmm. but you know what I, i don't think you needed the entire season to do that you know so, again, like I said, I struggle with this because 
this season was so fun, right? And mm-hmm. I also agree with the fact that you don't need to go for cheap thrills with the show because this show is so well written that that it almost kind of cheapens the show, right? It's like you're striving for this to kind of shock us. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. It's just tell us a compelling and awesome story, which you're doing already, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like all that build up to the hero gasm episode is just like yeah, exactly. oh, I don't care. Like, did, did you hear? And and just on the side, but going back to the whole Homelander Trump connection, mm-hmm. um, have you heard? lately how right-wing viewers are shocked with season three because they're now realizing that homelander's the villain i i don't know man did you did you hear about that i find that like a little hard to believe but maybe it's true but like i can't i i find it hard to believe that nobody realized like this murderous psychopath was was the villain of the show regardless of what your politics are it's like how do you not understand but there's like you know i understand the fake online. news allegory and all that stuff like yeah, where no. that's standing up for that particular side of things but i mean i don't know well this particular season really leaned into the comparisons of yeah 45 and and homelander right very much so. so Appearing on new shows, reason. talking about fake yeah, exactly. news, all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like yep. immediately spinning things in the same way that that you know Trump would would spin things to to change the narrative. You so know, maybe that's the thing that kind of that kind of shocked them and like, oh crap, they're talking about us, you know? But uh, supposedly it's a real thing because it's being reported all over the place. You go on Reddit and they're they're just going crazy. It's like you know they're oh ban the show, you know woke culture all this other stuff you know and i i just find it fascinating i really really do i wonder how how like realistic that is because i i find the well i think the fact that people believe that taika watiti uh asked natalie portman to be in a star wars movie and didn't know that she was in star wars i'm pretty sure people are realized but i'm pretty sure people don't realize that taika watiti was freaking joking I don't think Taika Waititi is that dumb. I'm pretty sure Taika Waititi knew she was in Star Wars and just wanted to mess with people real hard, just like he's been doing. I mean, what has he been doing with Star Wars? He's like, I don't know why they gave you this movie. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to ruin it. You know what I mean? He is. He is very eccentric, though. Yeah, he's, he's a troll. Very, he's very out there. So he's a troll. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all right. So that said. Um, I definitely want to jump into the main new character of the season a little bit uh, and talk about that because I know that it's a fan favorite here at the crew. Uh, so, so, AJ, tell us a little bit about what you thought of Soldier Boy this season and maybe debunk this thing that's that Soldier Boy or all this stuff wasn't necessary to get to the ending of Homelander. Or what do you think? Do you agree with the that? Man. Do you disagree with that? The man, the myth, the legend. Oh, wait, sorry, different character. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Paul Reiser. <laughs> the legend, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Soldier Boy was just like, if you ever wanted to truly do a bizarro Captain America, I think you even said this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jose, mm-hmm. this is just how you do it. Like, sorry, Marvel. Uh, what's his name? U.S. Agent. U.S. Right? Agent just got beat by a landslide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
Like, I'm barely able to formulate words. (laughs) Just, it only confirms everything I've known all along. Jensen is just amazing. Yeah. And, like, you give the man good material on, like, a certain... <clears throat> last three, four seasons of a certain show. Um, and it really, you get something truly wonderful. Like, just the whole thing behind how Soldier Boy apparently got gone. Because mm-hmm. there, there was this whole, like, cover up that, in the, again, spoilers. So, watch the show, come back, whatever. He got taken by the commies, quote-unquote. Well, he did in the context of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets tested on. How he gets tested on, kind of funny, kind of sad. Um, and then he comes back. And, you know, people kind of knew superheroes were bad, but Soldier Boy was one of those dudes that people kind of figured we're all right. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Yeah. They, they continue with that running theme. He's just as whacked out and messed up as Homelander, as we are soon to, as we discover. Yeah. And we discover that essentially that, that connection between them is one of the reasons, part of the reason that Homelander is as messed up as he is. And, um, I want to give a special like shout out to the that whole that whole scene where we find out how Soldier Boy got captured because that was I, I think a pretty awesome sequence oh, a bunch of sequences that they pulled off this season with Black Noir with the Black with the Noir. Disney the Disney characters essentially like narrating things for him oh, and telling God, him what he needed to do <laughs> the one that basically sounded like freaking um what is it Porky Pig like with the stutter and all that stuff. I, I thought that was freaking awesome. I thought that was a cool way to like kind of add to Black Noir's character. But y'all know y'all are familiar with his storyline in the comics, right? You know they changed He's that. Actually, significantly. oh yeah, they changed it significantly. Yep. He's supposed to be a Homelander. Clone yep. In the comics, but in this one, he's just uh, he he's something completely different. He's uh, he's just another guy from another place. Well, and what really happens is that he was originally part of Soldier Boy's team. He was also, sadly, the laughing stock and Soldier Boy's punching bag, mm-hmm. and that really influenced his revengeance on Soldier Boy. Just, just, and it cost him a lot. So gave him brain damage. The way the yeah. way yeah. we got to be careful how we we say Soldier Boy and Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy. Tell him, yeah, Soldier Boy. Um, just 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 to throw some stuff out there, um, Kripke just recently within the last day or two said we may not have seen the last of Black Noir. I I don't think so either. Excuse me. Yes. Remember he he no. has healing powers. Yeah, he has healing powers. They showed this. In, they showed this in season one, I think, when he fought Kimiko or somebody. Remember, they like they like gored him and like messed him up pretty bad, and he he healed. He's got well, healing powers. He's not dead. We we oh, may not. Come on. No 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 no. But the way the way he made it sound like we may we may have actually seen 
the end of this version of soul, of Black Noir. But, hmm. you know, um, the actor that plays him, he mentioned there may be another guy wearing the mask. So, hmm. you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. Maybe they do go back to that whole clone of Homelander thing and, and whatnot. We don't know. But he did strongly suggest Black, War, Black Noir is not finished. Um, he also seemed to suggest that this version of Black Noir is dead. But we may see somebody else donning the mask. That's interesting. So, yeah, I know. It, it's these cryptic comments that we get from Kripke that keep us kind of like dialed into the boys and whatnot. So I'll tell you what, I'm surprised that nobody really died this season, to be honest, because I thought Frenchie was not long for this world. I was I yeah. was pre- I was saying that from like the beginning of the season. I was like, they're going to kill off Frenchie. And they had like so many tender moments with him and Kimiko. I was like. They got to kill his character off. I was a little surprised that they didn't like, they didn't even like in the end kill off Maeve, right? Because they had like that whole sequence where she jumps out the window, mm-hmm. where Soldier Boy is about to sacrifice himself, and he doesn't die either. So right. I I will give you that those those particular aspects of the story didn't really, I mean, they didn't really advance it very much to be honest. Other than like I guess taking Maeve out of the story temporarily, maybe. Well, Kripke did hmm. say that, um, you know, he, he, he did think about killing her off, but um, he goes and he said, somebody deserves a, a happy ending. And if there's anybody that does, it's her. So that's kind of like, you know, his yeah. thinking into, you know, keeping Maeve alive and kind of like ushering her off to the sidelines for now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, okay. But I, I, I will, I, I, I got to say this because... Um, as good as Boys was, there are three people that I, I believe were super standouts this season. Um, that is Carl Urban in his portrayal of Butcher. Oh, yes. He absolutely killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I hope that this kind of like discards the curse of CW off his back because now people are starting to see how great of an actor he is. Right. And maybe he can discard that whole, oh, well, he's just the guy from CW, right? But really, um, Anthony Starr was freaking amazing. You know, I I would say that he he probably deserves an award for the performance that he had um, this season because, you know, he he goes... Anthony Starr, I've, I've loved since I've, I first saw him in Banshee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Within this season, he goes from from moments of sheer desperation, right, where you can see that, you know, he's losing control to trying to get that control back and becoming even more terrifying as a character. And then, you know, he's got these moments with Ryan where it's like, you know, you know, maybe there's a little good in him. You know, it's just mm-hmm. he's so messed up that. It, it comes out in all the wrong ways, and and the way he portrayed all of that that range of emotion this this season was just freaking amazing. The guys, the guy is probably whenever he's on the screen, he's killing it all the time. You know, he's yeah. always just chewing up scenery because that's how good he is. So, yeah, he did a, a solid. I thought this season, like not only the three of them, but I thought this season was in general the best acted season of the show so yeah. far. Because I, I think they brought a lot of these arcs to, like, some interesting places. Like, you have M.M. and his his conflict with uh, his daughter's stepfather. 
um, and that that whole balance with dealing with his mental health and, and his conflict with Soldier Boy was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, like you said, Butcher it was very exceptional with all his flashbacks with his brother and things of that nature. The only person that I thought the only the only character that I think is getting really obnoxious and kind of useless is is Huey. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I was about to say that I think um, both Huey and Starlight were probably the weakest characters in the week and had the weakest storyline this season. I liked Starlight, but like Huey to me is just he he started off. Somebody made this point on uh, a conversation that I had like a couple weeks ago. He started off as like our point of view character. He's supposed to be like the the audience surrogate, right? He's supposed to represent <laughs> us kind of and like right. all that. But now he just like. What does he do? He's just whining literally every single episode about how he can't help anybody. And then he just gets himself into trouble constantly. And then it's a punchline about how he can disappear and gets naked and the whole little brother angle with Butcher. But that wasn't that had not like didn't really have anything to do with him. He didn't play off of it very well. And I'm not saying it's his fault. He's not a bad actor. But yeah, he just feels sort of useless over the right, over the right last now, season or so right now i think he he's solely there for character development for both starlight and especially for butcher yeah yeah i think that's that's his purpose um at least for this season is is to further their character development and he's kind of <clears throat> like <clears throat> excuse me like you said he's kind of stagnated this season you know, yeah, he hasn't really gone away. Even A Train had like a, a pretty good storyline this season in his yeah. like redemption arc. You know what I mean? I actually started to feel a little bit bad for him, and he did have a one good scene with Huey, where Huey com- confronted him, and he said like he really was sorry for killing Huey's girlfriend by accident. So like there were some solid scenes with Huey in them, but it was it wasn't because of Huey. It wasn't it was wasn't because of his efforts. You know or his writing. It was because of whoever else was connected to him. Yeah, I think uh, the character that had the most cringy moments had to be the Deep. Yeah, but he's always got the, the best cringy moments, though. His, I know. <laughs> his cringe is what makes him so good. He does it well. He that's does it well. Thing. You know? You know, that's that's the cool thing, too. I actually can't hate on it, and it's weird. Uh, that's That's kind of a cool thing, too, though, right? Because if you think about it, Kripke, Kripke is also was also a creator on some of these like WB and shows and things like that before he came to the boys, right? If I'm not mistaken, because they're bringing, you know, like the deep. Also, his pedigree is from Gossip Girl. You know, they, the, all these characters are from like WB, UPN, like those kinds of shows, and they're all getting a chance to like shine either with. In the case of uh, the deep, oh, what's that guy's name again? Darn, I can't remember the actor's name right now off the top of my head. Um, but he's getting to show off his comedic talents, right? And then you got Jensen Ackles showing off some of his dramatic talents. So you got all of these characters from who have that, like you said, WB curse, getting a little bit of redemption on this show. Um, we should get ready to move on because we don't want to leave Wolfie waiting for too long. But I do want to ask yeah. if anybody else has any other standouts that they wanted to mention real quick. Uh, any other characters well, that they really enjoyed or any other moments or anything like not that? Not so much the characters, but there was a question of the point of this season right mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. i would say that it was maybe it's not so much about in terms of what happens i think this season was very character driven mm-hmm. and you see a lot of character advancement and some rolling back but i think that's also kind of the point not everyone 
goes somewhere. Some people go backwards. And I think that was the point of the season also, notwithstanding the whole move towards a, you know, fascisty type arena in the show. So, like... I just, I just feel like we didn't need an entire season to do that. We could have accomplished some of that stuff maybe within, like, three episodes and stuff, you know? I, I, I That's just, again, like I said, episodes. this was a very, very minor hot take. Like, I wouldn't, like, if you press the gun to my head, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be all about it. You know what I'm saying? It was just one of these things. And like I said, I think it was exacerbated by the fact that we had just seen Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan, to me, as much as I enjoyed that show, seemed very pointless in the overall story of Star Wars. And so kind of, I kind of went in, into this show with that mentality, and maybe that probably is the reason why it was in the back of my head this entire time, you know? So, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight over this. I, this is not a hill that I'm gonna die on because I enjoyed this season a hundred percent. So I think the, the only other thing I would say to that point is that the way that the last season ended, they had to perform sort of a, a soft reboot of everybody's condition in this season. Cause everybody was in right. a different place. And the other point of the season also, remember, was the balance between Butcher's way of doing things and the right, right, quote unquote, right way of doing things. The show Mm -hmm. tried to prove that there was a cost doing things Butcher's way, obviously, but that it would in the end be the only way to actually win this fight. They tried to like kind of make that point also, right, because they had Huey working with with the senator and they were, you know, part of like the, the actual government team that was supposed to deal with superheroes and they all realized like this ain't gonna work so there was that element of the season also and they had to reset all of the characters viewpoints around that change but no. yeah again that's not a hill i'm not gonna i'm gonna die on either so i yeah. think that we should uh unless anybody else has any quick thoughts or anything like that let's nope. move on and get to thor 4 um yeah let's jump into it so yeah while we wait for for Wolfie to get the signal, <laughs> uh, thoughts Thor four, Thor four. What did y'all think? What did y'all think? As Thor, I am putting I'm putting my headphones on. <laughs> Mike is on. I got yeah. the grand hailing sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making me do this for like the last couple of minutes, man. <laughs> really? Nah. Yeah. No, nah, I'm just. Nah, we're no. with you. Yeah, I was gonna say I was uh, like you, really you looking the at the video. <laughs> you caught the signal. Yeah, welcome back. We on our Thor four now. We on our Thor four conversation. We just finished up with our boys' conversation. Thor four. Thor we four. are on our Thor four <laughs> conversation. Conversation. Thor four. Love and thunder. What's Lo- up? Love and What's thunder. What's up now? What's going on from Brooklyn? <laughs> Thor four. Love and thunder. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's, it's very good. Uh, <laughs> so what y'all uh, think? Wolfie, I, I, we haven't heard from you in a bit since we were jumping on this conversation about the boys. Yes, so I'd yes, like Wolfie. to hear from you first. You know, if you, you know, I was thinking about story. like <laughs> the story of Thor, the mighty Thor. <laughs> the mighty so, all right, look, all right. I I, I was just kind of like thinking about like what I was gonna say, what am I gonna do, and all that stuff. My my sort of my review, trying to think of all the positives, and negatives, and and I realized that like the last four or five reviews I've done have not been overly positive. <laughs> between Halo and whatever else we've been reviewing and, and Doctor Strange. I mean, just like have not been super positive. That's not um, your fault, though. 
I guess. It has to be good. Is it me? I've been thinking, is it me? Am I the the drama? Am I the problem? I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) we all sort of agreed Obi-Wan could have been better. Doctor Strange could have been better. Halo was a dumpster fire. Like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. You're allowed to be as negative or as positive as you want about Thor 4. All right. So I... For... As I as I told you guys yesterday, I felt like I uh, I, I very thoroughly enjoyed the second half of the film mm-hmm. and did not thoroughly enjoy the first half. Um, and there were reasons for it. The mm-hmm. main reason I didn't enjoy the first half is because I think that they were, you know, trying to uh, do too much of what made Ragnarok successful. And I think that was kind of like, in my opinion, a bit of a uh, misunderstanding of what made Ragnarok successful. Ragnarok was really successful after, you know, tapping into uh, uh, the... Oh my god, why am I blanking? I always get his name kind of like mushed together. Waika Taititi. Taika Waititi. Waika Taititi. A little bit dyslexia. Taika Waititi. So he was really successful because he had like all the jokes, the colors the good beats in Ragnarok and, and whatnot. But I think that it's not that he was successful. It's not that the film was successful because of all the jokes. I think it was just successful because it was different from the letdown that the first and second Thor was. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying really hard to tap into all those jokes and uh, uh, the Waititi the effect um, in this one, especially in the first half. And it didn't sit well with me i think the jokes some of them were a little bit too much a little bit too childish a little bit too frequent um and it took away from the gravity of the 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 stuff going on in the film you know with jane foster's um you know cancer and facing life and death uh with the uh the super strong performance from christian bale and him dealing with you know his daughter's death and his revenge, um, his journey of, of revenge, and like all the jokes, all the all the all the really in your face uh, Taika Waititi stuff, um, kind of takes away from it. Like for example, I think Christian Bale was a phenomenal villain, but he wasn't as frightening or as disturbing as he could have been. Because oh, really? the show was so, uh, the the movie was so, there was so much unwarranted comedy, in my opinion. So it's like he was diminished because I was watching more of a comedy than I was watching a, you know, deadly villain. It's just I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know that kind of makes sense. I, yeah. I I think I think the problem the problem with um that first half. That when you compare it to Thor Ragnarok, I, I think the jokes in Thor Ragnarok were more organic and kind of flowed with the movie. Um, and and I think the problem that we see here in Thor: Love and Thunder is that you know um, we have the telling of the story, but then it grinds to a halt because Taika Waititi has to have these Taika Waititi moments, right? So you have story, you have the story that's kind of flowing, progressing, and then all of a sudden cut to a scene where two characters are talking and let them riff for a little bit 
And then we get back to the story and it's like, okay, let's cut again because now we have to have a funny moment. And then story and then cut again because now we have to have them talking on a microphone, you know. And I think that's that's where, you know, the flow of the movie suffered in that first half because he couldn't find a way to get these these jokes and his Taika Watini moments in there organically like he did in Ragnarok. Ragnarok, the jokes came during the telling of the story here, he had to stop everything to kind of put that in there. So, you know, I, I think that's part of why that first half was kind yeah. of janky. Yeah. You know? I can agree with that too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it in comparison to Ragnarok also, um, you have, I think part of it also comes down to like who was in the movie, like the cast compared to Ragnarok, because in Ragnarok, you have Jeff Goldblum, who is like an absolute, yeah, that's true. He's an absolute gem at doing like improv and things like that. Right. And you had, um, you had Tom Hiddleston, right. You had Kate Blanchett, you had all of these, these like other really solid, like improv actors. Not that there's anything like terrible about Tessa Thompson or, like Natalie Portman or anything like that. But the other thing kind of too is if you look at it, he he squeezed in two different villains into both movies for the reason that one of them had to be comedic, right? Because Hercules or Hercules, um, Zeus served the same purpose as um, Jeff Goldblum's character. Jeez, why, why am I blanking on his name? The Grandmaster. He served the same yeah. purpose as the Grandmaster to be like that comedic bad guy in this movie that was sort of the middle conflict to get to the final conflict, like the, that, you know, like the side quest or whatever you want to call it. Um, And it's true. Yeah. The, the humor didn't, didn't land as well. I think that it started off great because I thought the first scene was pretty funny when, when he was helping, um, you know, those, those aliens on that planet, like it was the interactions with that alien leader were were pretty Mm -hmm. funny when he destroyed the palace. It was pretty funny. But then, and and the interactions with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the beginning, also some great improv comedians there with Chris Pratt and all that. That was pretty funny too. But then every scene, what they did, which they didn't do necessarily in Ragnarok, when it was a serious scene with Kate Blanchett, it was serious. When it was a comedic scene with some other character, they added a little levity to it. They were trying to balance and mix those those themes up a little too much, as in, Wolfie, this is to your point, and then I'll, I'll hand it off to somebody else. The scene with Christian Bale as Gore where he's like scaring little kids and trying to be a little comedic there was weird. It was weird because it was like, why are we trying to squeeze in this moment of of levity when this is supposed to be a horrifying like God butcher who's like one of the most terrifying Thor villains in the comics? So, yeah, like those those elements were like a little bit too thematically crossed over. Oh, and, and one more thing the comedy was also overdone in points too, right? Because even stuff that was super funny, ah! uh, like Storm Nasher oh or, and oh, <laughs> Nasher wow, and Truth Grinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first few times we were laughing our asses off, but like by the 50th time that they screamed, it was like, ah, okay, yes, we get it. They're, yeah, they're screaming yeah, goats, yeah. you know? So yeah, that was kind of like to to jump off of your y'all's points of what I thought about the movie. Who else got some of some quick opinions? I wholeheartedly agree with a lot of what has been said here so far. Okay. My main problem with this movie, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I think that taking Thor in a new direction in Ragnarok was great and it worked. 
My problem now is that I, I feel like Gore the God Butcher is not a character taken seriously, A. And B, I think the movie didn't take itself that seriously overall. And that kind of worked in Ragnarok a little bit, but it's starting to become the trend and I'm not sure that I'm liking it anymore because I don't like, I just think that especially, and I know, so look, general disclaimer, first of all, the trailers are never what they seem or are supposed to be. I understand that, but they're supposed to give you an inkling of what the movie is supposed to be like. When I saw Gore in those trailers, even for however brief he was there, mm -hmm. he looked intense, like Batman intense. Mm -hmm. And that is not what happened in the movie. Really? And that really threw me for a loop. I think sometimes that it was, was there. Not okay. I, I, it was there. I just, yeah. I, I just think they absorbed the, um, us in it. You know, they, we didn't really get time enough time with him to be that way. What do you think, Wolfie? What you were going to say? Something? Well, no, I want to let AJ finish his point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was just going to say that. I, I just, I definitely felt the intensity, but I, I, I lost the intensity due to other factors. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't say that. I'm me personally. I can't, I can't say that he was intense. I can't. Maybe in some of his actions, they seemed serious, but I never got that Darth Vader level of intensity that I was expecting from this guy. I cannot say that. I'm sorry. And that's that's the maddening thing, too, because Christian Bale was amazing in this movie. One of the best things about it. Like, I don't know. I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of like jump on that real quick because see my issue is not that Christian Bale wasn't I thought that he was in, in intent I think like for example the scene where he's trying to scare the kids is meant to show how much of a turn he he had from someone that loved a child to now yep. he wants That's to fry he he revels in the child's horror but that scene for example I think felt flat because. It was right after and as well right before scenes of Thor, uh, you know, phantom ghost visiting them and kind of like being joyful. And and we see like, you know, the jokes and like, you know, his nose being ruffled up. And it just that levity takes away from the uh, dramatic effect of uh, of Gore trying to, you know, truly threaten these children's lives. It doesn't feel like the children are being threatened in any way. When Thor can just visit them, like to give them literally, literally status updates, like, "Hey, so just checking in on you guys. You know, let me tell you a fun little story. Like, oh, this is what we're up to right now. Anyways, we'll be back in a little bit. It just doesn't feel uh, like there's any. It it doesn't feel like gore is consequential in any way, despite how intense he might be in certain scenes. So I think it takes away from the intensity because of those again, take away TD moments. I mean, you could also kind of add to that too. And because of the Taika Waititi moments, it took away 
happening. We got to remember, like, Infinity and all of these characters are huge, huge, huge characters in the MCU and in the Marvel comics. And it almost gets not glossed over. Like, I don't know if that's the right word, but because it's of that diminished. same thematic thing. Diminished. Yeah, that's the perfect yeah. way to put it. It gets diminished because of the fact that it's all being played for kind of a, a an extra comedic effect. And indeed, um, just my like wife movie. made this comparison. It was like the 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 everything bagel in everything everywhere all yeah. at once, <laughs> which was played for comedy, right? Like yeah. it was almost like you were staring at that same thing when you were looking at infinity. And then you had all the other cosmic beings that were in the room. Like you had all these, these things that they just couldn't really build upon. And again, were diminished. Like Wolfie said, because of too many attempts at making well, it comedic. Well, and yeah, uh, one more thing, I'm sorry to, mm -hmm. to, to cut you off while you're about to say something, but like, and, you know, Wolfie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, in the comics, the change that they made to Thor recently, they did make it more comedic than it used to be, but it's less about him being a dummy, which is what it ends up being in a lot of these movies, and more of him being a little bit more of a fish out of water. Yeah, like, that's not exactly understanding what it's supposed things, to be. You know? And that's making jokes about that. Thor them. in the comics has always been about identity, which is what they're trying to show with the films as well. Mm -hmm. um, Thor trying to find his place mm -hmm. in the universe. Uh, find his place amongst uh, earthly humans. Yeah. Um, but not because he's, you know, a bumbling idiot, but because he just comes, he's an alien, you know, like the cultures, the customs, the way he speaks, those things are foreign to us, the way that our culture is foreign to him. And, and that's, that's where you have comedic elements in the comics. And I think those comedic elements were really there in the first Avengers movie, as well as the first Thor movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it's being misrepresented in all the follow-up Thor movies, in my opinion. Yeah. There is someone that I want to hear from. Eli had a really interesting, because Eli was the only one that gave it like a quite a high rating. So I kind of want to know his thoughts. Um, has it okay. changed? Has it changed? It has since? changed. It has okay. changed. Just by because <laughs> your initial rating was 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 like was nine. It was like yeah, you said really nine, nine, and we were all like, what? Yeah, but I mean, it was like an eight or a seven, like right in between. There was okay. a lot of stuff wrong with it, but I mean, overall, it just it was enjoyable. Which okay. is what really, I think that's what brought out the movie for me. It wasn't like, there weren't parts that, well, there were parts that were a little bit stale, at least in my opinion, where like some points where they just, like you said, they took parts, uh, they took a break to just get into jokes and stuff, which I thought kind of took away from the film mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I want to see mm -hmm. more of the story and you can have that comedic element. Just, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to take, you don't have to take breaks from, continuing it uh from developing characters and stuff um i didn't like thor because of how uh comedic he was he was he didn't show his his uh thor side he he was a he was just one of those i don't know he was just a funny dude and that was it nothing nothing else to him I I really liked gore in my opinion, and I know that some people have some different opinions about that. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure, but um, gore to me was an interesting. It wasn't done uh, all too right, but I I saw a lot of potential in his character because I liked the fact that he did you know 
even though there was points that he was a little bit late, I thought that was really interesting because it is still he still retained he still managed to keep his uh humanity that he had previously. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting about his character. Something that they really haven't done in the MCU considering all of their villains are practically the same. Uh so I thought it was a little bit different. Although they didn't expand on it too much, so there's not really much there. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes of gore stuff just to gore. expand on him and make him more of a fully fleshed out linchpin to the story. Because you know, I think that's all it would have taken, a little more time with didn't, him. Well, there's something that we didn't get. And I think it was a huge missed – well, that's, I think there's a few missed opportunities on the show. But mm-hmm. there is, I think, a huge missed opportunity in the fact that, like, when he became the god butcher, we didn't really see him butchering any god. Yeah. We only yeah. heard about That was the other thing. And yeah. it's like, you know, if you want to give us a little bit more of that gravity and a little bit more of, like, that investment in the uh, overarching storyline – you know, show us why he's called the guard, the God Butcher. Show us, like, you know, him going around, like, at least show us, you know, the death and destruction that's been left. You know, I know that they showed us in, like, some of the clips, and they showed us um, when he, when Thor went to visit, uh, what's Zeus? her name? Oh. Sif. Uh, Sif. Sif. Yeah. yeah. Sif. Cut off her arm. Said, that's the only time that we got to see, like, the destruction that he's left behind. And you know, you know what, too? Like, that's a great point because the setup in the comic storyline is way better for a few reasons. Because, it, it, like, in the comics, for those that have not read it, Gore, he fights Gore multiple times over thousands of years. He fights Gore, like, as, as a young Thor, as the present Thor, and as old man Thor, like, as King Thor. And the reason that that worked better for me, in my opinion, like, I didn't like how quickly... It was like, you know, Gore became the God Butcher. He killed a few gods. Sif and all of them figured out that he was killing the gods. And then, like, you know, Thor goes to an omnipotent city and wants to, like, deal with the problem immediately. In the comic, it was great because Thor is, in a sense, proving Gore right, which is another whole thing in the comic that that ends up, uh, you know, kind of being an important part of the story. But he proves Gore right because he sees this threat and he just ignores it for centuries. He basically ignores it for centuries until Gore really starts killing gods on like on, on the next level. And then he starts to like really get involved. But that shows more of the arrogance of the gods. That shows more of like what Gore was talking about. The gods don't pay attention. The gods don't care. So that mm-hmm. setup was better in the comics. I'm not saying they needed to do it exactly the same because that would be a way longer setup that might be harder to film. But they should have done more with like, again, him Man, slaughtering more gods, awful. all of these things that are going to show what a threat he is over time. They kind of did do that though with mm-hmm. with Zeus, the Zeus character because the Zeus character, he was fully aware of what Gore was doing, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. he, he literally goes to to Thor, and of course, you know that's not his true feeling, but you know the public face of Zeus was like, yeah, Gore killed some minor gods, but he's not a big deal, right? Yeah. So, so they there was a very, very small like an damage to that whole right, exactly. And then secretly he goes to Thor. He's like, "Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of scared, but you know what? We're safe here." So yeah. again, going back to the arrogance of the gods, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're safe because we're here. Um, but yeah, he is kind of a problem, but we're just gonna ignore him because 
we're here. It's not gonna. He's not gonna mess with us. For everybody else that's out there, that's their problem. Right. And you know, there's you know in the comics, Gore survives because of Thor's stupidity and arrogance, and I, they don't really play that so well here. St- Thor is just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm I'm just a sweet guy that messed up instead of like really leaning into it. What were, I'm sorry, Eli. What, what were you no. about to say? Wait, what? Were you about to say something, Eli? No, no, it was me. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, Wolfie. Wolfie. Sorry, 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 Yo, sorry. So, so, all right. So, actually, I wanted to say that I was actually going to mention that earlier. I think it's a huge missed opportunity for some character development at the very end where, you know, Thor could have gone to Gore. I just realized that they rhyme. Didn't realize that till just now. Thor and Gore but and Thor. Thor. Absolutely. Like, when, when Gore... When Gore was, you know, saying or whatever, like their final moments, it could have been about like, I, you're absolutely right. Thor could be, you're absolutely right. The gods suck. Mm-hmm. I went to them yeah. for help and blah, blah, and they didn't help me. You know, they are clearly not who we thought they are and nor am I. But that doesn't mean that, you know, X, Y, Z, that you should go blow up the whole, you know, world and universe and blah, blah, blah. Choose love, man. You know, like turn into like the hippie. um, you know what what were we calling him before not just dad bot thor but like uh oh gosh oh, man. No, no, no 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 come on this is from our generation our generation the dude yeah dude dude thor oh no um yeah like you're like choose love man and that would have been like an awesome like kind of you know bit of character dude. development because thor is breaking his own um ceiling of 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 believing that the gods are all in all you know all powerful and mighty um and then also you know helping gore come to the realization that you know it's not all about just killing the gods you know i, I just think that that was like a bit of a missed opportunity that would also then call back to the comics proving that gore was right i mean if you think about it too it's kind of silly that thor would even care that that gore is butchering gods because he straight up murdered like in his in his estimation he straight up murdered zeus himself like self-defense or not like he was just like hey zeus like you suck here's a here's a lightning bolt through your chest like he basically killed him he thought he killed him he's still alive he's still alive we i think we all knew he was still going to be alive but like Thor kept saying, oh, I, you know, that he killed him. Like, they kept mentioning that they thought that he killed him. And then he goes and tells Gore that that's, the, that's not the right thing to do. So, okay, like, yeah. they kind of messed it up there, too, I think. purpose in doing any of that to yeah, begin with. Yeah. Can we, can we talk a little bit about Zeus? Because Zeus... Zeus oh, yeah, I was so upset at that. Of, he, he's kind of a weird character for me. And you know what? With, with all this stuff about representation and, you know, making sure that you represent, you know, cultures correctly... Um. I don't know how Greek people will feel about Russell Crowe's performance as yeah, Zeus man. because yeah. if if you're if you're really looking at it, and you know I'm I'm not trying to be woke or anything like that, but you know the way that they represented Zeus, and I understand that they're trying to, you know, accent the Greekness of him, yeah, but mythological really, Zeus, right? Yeah, did we really need to lean into typical? You know, gyro selling. I was gonna guy say, story, I was gonna say oh. gyro truck guy, gyro exactly. truck guy. I Nothing mean, wrong or against the gyro truck guy. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> he not. sounds like it's this is this is it's like they went over the top and told Russ Crow, "Hey, look, I want you to just be the gyro truck guy. 
Yeah, the dude from Astoria, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those guys that aren't here in New York, yeah, Astoria is where, like, we got a ton of gyro spots. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know how I feel about that because Russell Crowe is a great actor. You You can't tell me that a guy that's classically trained like that can can give you a sort of and this is going to sound weird a sort of accurate zeus <laughs> you know uh, yeah, yeah maybe a little but his talent you know i think that goes to like kind of again that's a, a the taika waititi thing not of just the jokes but of just the whole like you know oh it would be funny if like zeus wasn't a greek god he was just a food truck guy you know, in the sense, in the essence, in his essence, you know, and that's right. like something that he thinks that's funny. And I think that a lot of people can find funny, but it really takes away from the overall story, the overall character of Zeus, even in Marvel. It just takes away from it. You know what I mean? What, like, what's the word that you use? It diminishes his character. Diminishes the character, diminishes the world, it diminishes the entire Thor universe, in my opinion, because Thor just like the movies to me don't make Thor feel grandiose. It makes Thor feel a little too relative, too local. It just boy. doesn't feel like it, like that impactful. You know what I mean? Like Spider-Man, you know, feels super impactful because of who he is as a character, his being, his relationships with Tony Stark and, and so on and so forth. And he's just a local guy from Queens. I should feel at least as, 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 I should feel like the Thor movie should be at least as impactful as far as the universe goes and the realms and like the universal impact, the actual like, you know, space traveling and all that stuff and and all the mythology. I should feel like that should be at least on some level quite impactful, not not literally just as another article, you know, put it not literally sold out just for laughs. You know, well, can can I can I then ask this question because this is a question that's been bothering me for this is a this is a thing that's been bothering me for a while when it comes to Thor, and I, and I think truly that Marvel kind of has a Thor problem on their hands here, because if we look at Thor throughout this this run of the MCU, right, we started out with him and Thor and Thor two where he was more of the the you know, I, I guess you would want to say the Shakespearean type Thor, right? Where it's, where, and, you know, you literally had uh, directors that had done Game of Thrones and Shakespeare and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. um, and then then Kenneth we get into Branagh. Avengers, right, Kenneth Branagh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then we get into Avengers and stuff like that, and he's still kind of with that Thor. The really big change with Thor has come with Ragnarok. But then after we go to Ragnarok, we go back to kind of semi-serious Thor in the Infinity movies. And now we're back here with another caricature of, of Thor. And I, I kind of worry what type of Thor we're going to get going forward because Taika Waititi's comedy is very specific. He has a style. And I don't know if other directors can kind of replicate that. And so... If you look at Thor throughout the movies so far, he's kind of schizophrenic because in some of them, he's like, yeah, I'm Thor. And then on some of them, they're like, yeah, I'm Thor. You know, it's weird how they do it. Yeah. You know, so the thing is that like Thor has an identity crisis uh, because well, it, it, the whole thing. About Don't Thor sell the man a gun, please. He always does. The whole thing that we've 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 
you know, that we mentioned before is that Thor in the comics and in the movies um, is a story of like trying to find out who he is, find his identity and no, and it's, and it has never been more in your face than in this film, but with four Thor movies, as well as all the, uh, appendant movies, such as, you know, the Avengers films mm-hmm. by now, you should have found his identity. <laughs> and that is the problem. The problem is that they still haven't defined them. And here's the biggest issue that I have with this movie is that despite all the jokes and despite like everything that happened in this film, it is completely inconsequential. He is still trying to, I mean, I guess you could say that he found his identity as dad Thor at the end of the film, which I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about. Um, But I don't think that it really changed the film really changed who he is as a person. He's just now shoehorned into this new role, just like they kind of explained, you know, throughout the film, like, you know, he went from like, <clears throat> you know, one Thor to dad bot Thor to, you know, like uh, whatever, one eyed Thor or whatever. Like they explained like all these different iterations of Thor and the movie ended with, uh, you know, him essentially becoming a surrogate dad or the adopted father of a child. Um, and he's now dad Thor. But I don't think that it ever solved the problem of it, it never identified or gave him an identity yet. And I think that moving forward, like Thor is still going to be trying to figure out what his identity is, who he is as Thor. I think um, another thing, I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because I think a part of the problem also is that identity. um, So I I guess I want to like talk about love. That's her, that's her name, right? I don't know if y'all know that was her name in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think, maybe um a part of the problem is that is that was this movie's way of setting up something big for the mcu every movie has like one little thing that i and every show has one little thing that i think is almost throwaway but that you know is going to lead to something in the secret wars like larger avengers conflict i think love is that thing but she has the powers of eternity. Yeah, she has the powers of God, the powers of eternity. I think that there's going to be something to that. Maybe she'll be like um, Eddie Brock's kid or something like that in in, in freaking you know, um, the King and Black storyline. Somehow she'll be some powerful character that's the key to everything. I, I, I think she's going to be the MCU's version of Infinity. Yeah, I mean, in, in there. well, you know, because because well, Infinity look, was a thing way, already, though, right? So like. I don't know. Like you? Yeah, I mean I in, that so. that was Infinity. Or turn was it Love Infinity it. or Eternity? No, the the that's Eternity. Or so right. the, the, the Yeah, yeah, the there are the different that, cosmic beings, right? Yeah. I right. Got my, Eternity is up. the male version, Infinity is the female version, and you saw when she was resurrected, you know, the reflection in the water, she had the the form of Eternity. Yeah. So that's that's why I think she becomes the character infinity who these are two very very powerful cosmic beings i mean you know and and this is why i think this movie leans in towards secret wars because eternity is is a character that's present in every single multiverse and is one of the probably the top two or three most powerful beings in the mcu universe up there yeah right i mean so there's one for each universe i think i can't remember yes yes yeah Yeah, exactly okay you just said okay so so you know if they die the universe dies which you know hey sounds like secret wars doesn't it yeah Yeah. 
See, uh, but, yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, I'm sorry. What I was going to say, the point I was trying to make that I wasn't making very elegantly is like to sorry. Wolfie's point. No, 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 not my apology. To Wolfie's point, what has happened now is that you just put Thor in charge of a plot device, I think. I mean, we'll see what happens with Love as That's a character. So but like, all, all you didn't really give him an identity. You just gave him responsibility within within the larger story, which might be a good thing because there's emotional stakes. And by the way, like I, I will, as another aside, say that Chris Hemsworth's daughter, Chris Hemsworth's daughter, that's that's who that that was. Love is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. She's freaking adorable. Um, but like, yeah, putting him in charge of a plot device might not work out as well as they think it will and having a whole movie just to give him that plot device might have been part of what was weak about it i don't know like maybe uh, maybe it was a little confusing how i kind of put all that but i mean I, I, on that. I i think that that's kind of the same thing that happened with dr strange and multiverse of madness mm-hmm. is like they gave an entire movie that was completely inconsequential again mm-hmm. just for um that one scene at the very end of the film um, you know, with Clea, right? Yeah, exactly. Like the entire movie didn't need to happen, and just to introduce that and then connect everything. So it's just, I feel like they're making a bunch of throwaway throwaway movies, um, just to kind of speed up the process mm-hmm. of getting to the the next big big event, mm-hmm. while still cashing in on money but not putting in the work to develop the characters. Yeah. I, I would agree with that for the most part. I think that most of most of these movies and shows have been plot driven and not as character driven as they should be. Probably Spider Man was one of the more character driven ones, but even still, like it was just so heavily invested in advancing the plot and creating this multiversal threat and adding all of that Secret Wars context to this. Yeah. Um can I can I just run a couple of things right real quick? Um yeah. So you guys can respond to it. It's going to be real quick. Um, talking about the kids, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Love was not the only Chris Hem- Hemsworth kid on set because one of his sons played Kid oh, really? Thor. Mm-hmm. Yes, he played he was, Kid oh, Thor. Oh, really? When he was running. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And Sick. another one of his daughters were one of the Asgardian kids, and kind of lumped in that group you had two of natalie portman's kids who were mm-hmm. part of the asgardian kids oh, and, and you also cool. had mm-hmm. you had two of taika watiti's kids who were part of the asgardian kids so you know there's that um going back to hmm. the goats those goats mm-hmm. are actually uh canon in the marvel comics going back to 1976 mm-hmm. they are they are called Tooth Grinder Tooth, and Tooth yeah, Nasher, Tooth Nasher. Oh, God. and they're they're yeah. based on two um two Nord Norse uh characters yeah, in mythology. Yeah. I'm not gonna say them because it's way too hard and stuff. <laughs> but these are very very powerful characters. Again, you know Taika kind of diminishing these characters. Yeah, these these, these goats. <laughs> Can damage Molinier. That's how powerful oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? it can eat anything. Um, also, like 
They're like yeah, they can they be reborn. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're basically immortal. The only time that they can't be reborn because Loki has eaten these goats and they've come back to life. The only time that they can't come back is if you break one of their bones, right, while you're eating them or whatever and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, they 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 provide they're, they're meant to provide basically unlimited sustenance uh, in battle. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the last thing that I that we kind of failed to mention and I thought was freaking awesome is the fact that we had Melissa McCarthy as um Hello. Hello. We had uh, um, I couldn't tell that it was Melissa McCarthy. Actually. Yeah, we had uh, Thor's brother as Thor. We had Matt Damon coming back as Loki, <laughs> and we had Sam Neill as from Jurassic Park fame. As Odin. Mm -hmm. And I thought that whole little thing was just classic Taika Waititi. I think that worked well because I I found that scene to be very, very fun. I think, you know, it's funny because I think that like a lot of the Taika Waititi jokes worked well, except when they were done too often, too frequent. I think that the goats were hilarious, except it was too much. I think that, uh, I mean, it's just all these things is just. Oh man, it's just it could have been so. Oh god, you know. But it's funny because I, I, you know, I completely forgot about the the, the goats, and I have you know read Neil Gaiman's uh, um, you know, take on Norse mythology. I've always been a fan of Norse mythology and know about the goats. Completely forgot about the goats because I was so like, why are they screaming? And yeah, yeah, like something so kind of important to Norse mythology has been now diminished to a screaming meme. Like all I can think about now, it's like the uh, the Ah! next. uh, (laughs) Is this going to be the next ghost simulator? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Their names. I'm going to try it. Tanostia and Tangrisnir are the the ones in Norse mythology. Those are their names, you know. But it's just like it's like you said. You know, as, as powerful as these things are, they're memeable now. Yeah. I mean, Boss Logic. I knew there was something. I knew there was a reason why Boss Logic uh, had 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 uh, memed the goats. And I was like, "What is this about? <laughs> What's gonna?" And happen then I saw there? the film, and I'm like, "Oh, that's why." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, there's somebody you want? Yeah. Let's talk about, about the post credits. Real yeah. quick, a few we, minutes we spent yeah. on the post credits. We exactly. got two of them. Exactly, we got to mention that very quickly. I think that, that we can kind of close it out there because we got to mention the the first post credit scene. Um, quick setup: we see that uh, Zeus is still alive. He's just nursing his wounds with uh, with his harem or whatever you want to call it, and he's talking to a character off screen about how the gods are no longer taken seriously. They're no longer feared. They're no longer worshipped. And we cut away to see who he's talking to. And it is none other than Roy Kent. Um, or what? Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. Uh, uh, of Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso fame. Ted Lasso fame. What, uh, what did y'all think of that? I don't even want to give an opinion on that. Because that was kind of wild to me. I'm just going to let y'all... like. Talk about that additionally. What do you think of Brett Goldstein as Thor? Roy Kent. Hercules. 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 Or excuse me, as Hercules. Yeah. Any thoughts when you saw that? I I think um I think they they nailed the casting on that because if if you've seen Roy Kent and Ted Lasso, he's kinda like the a-hole 
but he's got a heart, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he he's very arrogant and stuff. And these are all the qualities that the the Marvel Comics Hercules is, right? I mean, yeah, that's um, Hercules in a nutshell. Also, yeah, right? he's yeah, a hero, he's an but arrogant prick. He's a dirk. He's a jerk. Um, a dirk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I was trying to say something else with a D there, and uh, yeah, yes, we're, yes, yes. We're getting real R rated <laughs> over here right now. Um, but yeah, like much like the much like the film in certain parts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should even mention that, but that was a little jarring too. The whole the you talked about that Wolfie, like. The whole the mighty the mighty cheeks yeah the mighty cheeks the mighty cheeks yeah it's just like the whole the whole the whole the whole Zeus yeah what's up with the cheeks bro master (laughs) cheeks Thor cheeks what in the world showing off butts Uh, yeah that whole Zeus uh scene the entire thing uh, with the exception of the 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 fight scene because I thought the fight scene was pretty dope Mm -hmm. uh the majority of it I could could have done without but the whole Hercules thing um okay would have been a really cool reveal if i didn't already like not care about zeus and his feelings so like yeah. he's all like but her he's like i can't do anything but we need to restore fear uh into the gods so you go do it hercules you non-god half man human person that i didn't <laughs> acknowledge for my entire existence <laughs> I, you know like it's just it just feels like such a joke like hercules feels like he's gonna be just like I don't know if anybody like remembers Dan from Street Fighter, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. Dan is like a, a spoof character. And that's what like Hercules kind of feels like now. It feels like it's going to be just another inconsequential character. So. Yeah. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it thematically. For laughs. Just for laughs. And I, you know, I love Brett Goldstein, but like, I think it's going to be a little weird when they're like, cause is he going to, change his voices at all or are we gonna have hercules with like a like a cockney like british accent like oi i'm hercules like is that how he's gonna talk it probably will when you consider (laughs) the fact that we got food truck zeus yeah but like why does food truck zeus sound so different from his son even though he's his half son and he was raised on earth that's gonna be weird to me i mean i don't know i like brett goldstein a lot but i and I was definitely like laughing and excited, but like I think I agree with you, Wolfie. I don't know that this is going to be the the best. It's good casting, but like because of the Waititi effect, let's call it. I don't know if it's going to work out well because I don't think putting those two together necessarily will do Hercules justice yeah. as a character. He's supposed to be a bit of a dummy, you know, in the comics. He is, you yeah, know, yeah. a bit of a of a of a immature character. But I mean, I don't know. And all, even, they're, already, they're, they're already doing that with Thor, right? And and he's also <laughs> older than Hercules, and then 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 Chris Hemsworth, I think. Like Brett Goldstein's like forty one years old, so like he's supposed to be like this youthful, uh, like magic, like days. goofy, like idiotic Hercules. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Any other thoughts on on that on Brett Goldstein as Hercules or anything else in the film? I'm I mean, really just indifferent. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, I don't know who this guy is you're talking about from that show, Hercules himself. I'm aware of the mythological character, but I am not at all familiar with the character in the Marvel universe. So it just, I really didn't care. Yeah, it's the same thing with me. I don't really know anything about either. So, I guess it's cool. Okay. Well, what about the second uh, post credit scene? Yeah, the one that I think <gasps> was. I, uh, to me, a little bit more impactful. 
um, but in 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 positive and negative ways also. Mm-hmm. What's, so what's your we negative? Get, we get because I think I've all right. So just to, just thing. to kind of uh, tee it up, you know, we see well we, when we see Natalie Portman, you know, pass, she became oh. gold dust essentially. Yep. What? Oh yeah. What, what was that? What was that? Oh no! Now that... I remember. You just jolted my memory. Oh, the okay. the post credit scene. What? Yeah. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, so so she became Goldust. Uh she became Goldust, essentially. And that was kind of like a tell all like, oh, she made it to Valhalla. She had an honorable death in battle. Um, and she is recognized um as a uh <laughs> she's recognized as essentially as an as guardian officially because she died in battle and went to Valhalla. Um so I don't think that it was a surprise to see her in Valhalla. In the end, in that second post-credit scene, which was awesome, um, because it just means that okay, Natalie Portman is still a part of the MCU, and it won't be the last time that we see her. But the negative for me is that now, like the one bit of solemn gravity that I had in the film lasted as long as I as long as the credits. There's no there's no like discussion. There's not going to be no water cooler moment. Like oh man, like what you think of her death? What you think of this, that, and third? No, we know that she's coming back uh, because we already saw her back. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, like they're not going to show her in Valhalla if they're not going to keep her in the MCU and show her in future projects. Mm-hmm. So, like her death has now become meaningless. The only thing that it does, her death, the only thing that her death does is reset Thor to Thor one. Thor now doesn't have a love interest. He now doesn't have that love conflict that he's been dealing with for four movies. And now he can go back to just trying to figure out who he is. And the the problem kind of with that is I know that that's what Valhalla is in the comics and in the mythology. But now, like like you said, it effectively diminishes literally every, almost every single Asgardian's death. Because you can make the case that Loki's in Valhalla, right? He died in battle fighting Thanos. Mm-hmm. You can make the case that that version of Loki is in Valhalla. Was that? It's, I guess it's possible. Yeah, but, you know, it's I'm not saying it's necessarily yeah, it's the case. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with the logic that the movie uses, you could make the case that, that he's there somehow. Also, the logic is a little flawed, too, because Natalie Portman dies after the battle, even though she died because of what happened in the battle. And Thor yeah, was saying to Sif, yeah. like, oh, you're not going to go to Valhalla because you're battle, not dying. The, the battle ended. In yeah, battle. Already. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they messed up maybe, like, how that works there, which is why I'm saying, like, you could make the case that Loki's there. You can make the, you know, and that effectively, you know, like you said, it, it made the deaths yeah. meaningless. Heimdall's back. Everybody's back. You know, Odin could be back for all we know. Like, anybody yeah. that died is back. So those stakes are, are yeah. kind of messed up a little bit. And it did the same thing. Um, that Multiverse of Madness did because you have the end where you have um, him, the third eye pop out and we're like, oh no, it's that's terrible. He's like screaming and it's supposed to be this horrible thing. And then in the next post credit scene, Clea shows up and she's like, we got to go stop these incursions. He just opens the third eye and he's like, let's go do this. Like, why even have that in there as the end or as like the finality for that character if you're literally just going to reverse it in a post credit scene? It's silly. It's very silly. Well, the the only thing I will say about the fact that, you know, she she had the choice. Um, if you look at what Valhalla and I think they did mention this in the in the film also. Mm-hmm. Um, Valhalla really is reserved for Vikings and Viking type people. It's she's mm-hmm. not she's not a god. She's not a Viking. She's human. 
Yeah. So I, I think that may be the reason why she has that quote unquote choice, you know, because, you know, she was she was brought there just because of the fact that she was the mighty Thor, but she's not really a Viking and yeah. she's not a god. So I, I think that's where the choice comes in. And it doesn't necessarily break Valhalla for me because of that fact, you know? Um, okay. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I, I can I can agree with that also. It's only as yeah, Guardians. In the comics, but, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. And in the comics, I think she was given a similar choice also. When she went, she had a choice to go to Valhalla, or she had a chance to return to Earth and become a, a protector of it. And I, I forget the character that she became when she went back. You know, she wasn't Thor, I don't think. But she was remember. something else. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm reading that comic run now. I finished the God Butcher story and the Mighty Thor story where she becomes yeah. Thor. But she's she's uh, still going through the cancer diagnosis in the right. comics that I'm reading. So I don't know what the yeah. what the resolution is. I right. I uh, and one other thing: long live Daryl. Yeah, that was the the tour guide, right? The, in the movie, yeah, the Asgardian tour guide, right? So he's now canon. He, right, because he appeared in um those one one shot shorts mm-hmm. after yeah. Ragnarok by that was produced and directed by Watiti. Uh Thor's roommate. Mm-hmm. Or flatmate, if you if you will. After Ragnarok? That doesn't make sense. No, it was before. It was before. It was um no, 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 but I'm, what I'm saying is that it came the shorts. in the DVD. Oh, oh yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. It, it, it's not that it, it happened before it was yeah timeline wise i think it was somewhere else but right exactly daryl exists in the mcu this is all that matters exactly so long live daryl long live daryl all right so i think if there are no more comments on the film or the boys i think the boys are gonna say bid bid you all adieu to this episode uh, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very uh, delayed on my segues. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> out of practice, I apologize. Uh, but I'm still under the tutelage of the master of segues, Mr. Walt, over here. Uh, anyway, please like, rate, share, and subscribe. We totally forgot to tell you guys to do that in the beginning of the episode. I totally hope that you guys all listen all the way to the very end. Um, so uh, I apologize. I say, um, I will be back to my normal hosting capabilities <laughs> um but yeah so for everyone here jose y'all know what to do everybody please stay geeky my friends until next time